Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Brett Schottkavis, and we are talking about all things assisted living investing. So today we have a great show. We are talking about the most powerful number when you're going to start your own assisted living. The most powerful number is how many beds to have. So we're going to break this down. Why do I love 16 beds? How many beds should you have and why should you have it? So let's talk through these things because like I said, having the right number of beds is the most powerful number. It can change your profit and your business in the most dramatic of ways. So it's not necessarily your bed rates. Your bed rates are important. It's not your cost of food. It's not what you're paying your caregivers. The number one thing that will have the biggest impact on your finances and your business is how many beds you have. It is the most important thing to consider because it will drastically change your income. It can double or triple your income versus, again, cutting costs on food or utilities or staffing will make such a minimalist expense compared to the um, flow of income that you can have. But sometimes there's, there's too big of a bed and sometimes there's too small of a bed. So let's talk about these kind of things because I think 16 beds is the perfect number. 16 is perfect for me. And I think that there's too small. There's clearly too small, right? Like four beds, whoa, that's way too small. I think six, eight, 10, I think those are way too small because you're not gonna be able to bring in enough income. And because you can't bring in enough income, you can't have the proper staffing that you want. So now it affects not only your, uh, your income, but it also affects your quality of care right? Which again, makes it harder for you to sell your beds and to provide a great product. So I think too small is a problem. But on the flip side of that coin, I think too big is also a problem. In this post COVID world, nobody wants to be where there's a hundred beds or 60 beds or even 40 beds, uh, perhaps even 20 beds. I think all of those are too big. It, the model has shifted. There is a generation that is, that is now sick of the nursing home vibe, those 1960s, 70s, 80s buildings that are single story with those long, gross hallways. They have the eight foot ceilings and they're like in like the Billy Madison movie, right? They're nasty. There is a group of people who despise those things and say, I will never want to be in them. I never, uh, they, you know, make their daughter swear, never put me in a place like that. So there's clearly like a negative stigma to that. And the market has shifted. It changed. And people now don't want these things. Even the big ones that they're building that are luxurious and new. And uh, by me, they're building these big four-story ones that are, you know, independent living on the top couple floors and then assisted living on the first floor with a little memory care wing. They still feel sterile and hospital-like. And no one really wants to be in those, right? So I think that's too big. Now, if even if you're too big, you have that many beds, that is not guaranteeing success because I really don't think that you can sell those beds because the product is now something that people don't want. So I think it's really a fine line. There is a balance as you're talking about how many beds should I have because too small and you're not gonna have enough income, but too big doesn't increase your income. It just means you have beds that are empty because I don't think that product can really sell the way that it used to be able to sell. So let's talk about why I think 16 is the perfect number. Because for me, I th think of it as a combination of two things. I am um, finding the sweet spot between my income 
and my product. And what I mean by that is with 16, I can have an income above $100,000 a month. Meaning if I have uh, $6,250 a month as my average bed rate times 16, I'm at 100K, right? And I think somewhere around that range, somewhere around 100 is a great, great number. And then you can obviously go higher, but a great number to be able to have um, a, a fantastic profit and have a fantastic product because you have to have both. Just because you can charge a high amount doesn't mean your product's gonna be great and doesn't mean you're gonna continue to make sales one, two, five years from now as your reputation suffers. So I think that this number allows for the sweet spot of having multiple caregivers around the clock. It allows for the chef. It allows for multiple managers. It allows you to do and afford all the things that can allow you to have a beautiful and great product and build a great reputation and build a wait list. But it also allows you to, to afford that and have a profit. Where if you're too small, you can't afford those uh, amenities. You can't afford those staffing. You can't afford the layers of management between yourself as the owner and potential problems. So I think that this is the sweet spot. That's 16. So let's talk a little bit more about this because a lot of people talk about caregiver ratios. And I think this is an important conversation because um, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, I have one caregiver to six or one caregiver to eight or one caregiver to 15. And then you go to these, some of these bigger old smelly facilities and they have like a one to 15 ratio. And again, that's why they can't sell their beds. They have bad care. But I think that a one to eight staffing ratio, meaning that one caregiver for every eight grandmas and grandpas is a great number. Um, and I think that if you are having a, a, a different ratio, let's say you have potentially six residents, right? I think that one caregiver can take up to eight. So there is potential income that you're leaving hanging there, right? So let, let's just say that if you had, you know, six residents, you could potentially have eight and that one caregiver could take care of them, meaning this one to eight ratio. If you had 14 residents and two caregivers, you could potentially have two more. And I think that you can still provide great care with 16 instead of 14 with the same amount of staff, right? Your expenses are going to be fixed, but your income, you're leaving income uh, on the table there that you're not maximizing. So that's where I think I like this application of this one to eight ratio, because I think it will maximize all your potential income to really flow through to your bottom line, because your expenses are going to be the same whether you have one caregiver, two caregiver, 10 caregivers, right? That ratio is going to be the same, but you're potentially leaving income uh, off, off your balance sheet and potentially, you know, not maximizing your profit. So let's break this down a smidge more because um, you could therefore argue that an eight bed is just as profitable or just as good as a 16 bed. And I am a huge proponent that eight beds don't work. And here's why. Realistically, you know, when you, when you take away theory and you're actually there and you see it firsthand, you've been running it for years and you have to work a shift yourself, you know that one caregiver reasonably cannot take care of eight people. There is something special when having two people there because it's not, um, there's, there's always issues. There's always like, hey, there's some little problem here and you need two people to go take care of it and then you can go back to the floor and, and, and have a nice flow. It, like if somebody falls, 
okay? And there's people who are, are very heavy. If they fall and they're dead weight, you cannot have one 25-year-old lady pick them up. She physically can't get them off the ground, right? Like, you need two people to do it. And if you are running eight beds and you have two people because you need two for those instances when things go wrong and they happen frequently enough, if you have two people, now you are literally losing money, right? You've left so much margin on the table because you now you're paying for two caregivers. You've doubled your staffing, but you have not doubled your income. So that's why I think that an, a one to eight with this eight bed is not good. I think that there's a, a good chance you might break even or make a little bit of money, but you're not really being profitable. So that's why I like taking this one to eight ratio with two caregivers and 16 residents. Now you may say, okay, well that's cool. I can see how that makes sense. But why can't we even go bigger than that? Why can't we take this one to eight to a three X multiple? And now let's bring in 24 grandmas and grandpas with three staff, right? Like that's gotta be even better. And I think it's not. I think that um, going back to this idea of too big is bad, I think that's when you start to get into it. 16, I can reasonably say that as I am touring people and my families are, are hanging out there and we're doing Christmas and Easter and everything together, it's small enough, it's intimate enough that it feels like a family. And if you start getting into 24, it doesn't feel like a family, it feels like a facility. And 16 bedrooms, again, when you have hallways, you know, you have a hallway of eight on one side, a hallway of eight, you know, I think that's kind of pushing it for getting into that gross like facility feel with a 50 foot hallway. But now you add another hallway or um, even longer hallways. If you had 24, now you're talking like, you know, 12 beds on each side and it's just going to feel like a hospital, feel like a facility, and you're going to change the whole dynamic. So I like 16 for both of those, these kind of reasons. One, that it feels homey, it feels family-like, and because I want to avoid this hospital, this facility-like. And then the building is the other reason. The building can still feel like a mansion, right? This is just a really, really big house. Like some baller built this thing, and there's a bunch of grandmas that moved into it instead, right? Like that's what I want it to feel like. So I can do that with 16, but I can't with 24. I can't with, uh, with 32. Right, there is a, a diminishing effect to this uh, ratio here. So that's why I think this 16 bed, right? You can, you can take that one to eight and you really maximize it. You're not too big and you're not too small. But what if you wanted to scale? What if you want to do a bigger deal, right? What if you were looking at like, hey, you know, I want to build some big old facility and have 64 beds, right? I would say don't do 64 beds. Instead of that, I would do four 16 mansions, right? Build four next door to each other, 16 bedroom mansions. Maybe they're like we're building, right? We're building four of these that are 10,000 square feet and they're like next door neighbors to each other. They're, at, they're not actually like right next to each other. They're 55 feet away and we're building this on eight acres. So it actually feels like a custom neighborhood of assisted living mansions. And I think that whether you wanna do, you know, if you wanna do 64, if you wanna do 32, I think that is a fantastic way to scale because you can save a lot on staffing. You can, you can insulate yourself with multiple managers, um, with the chef, especially if, with the chef. If one calls out sick, you have somebody there next door, right? There are so much advantages to um, doubling or tripling or quadrupling these ratios and having two mansions or three or four, right? Build a little pocket neighborhood of these things. That's how I went scale that I started with one and then I'm like, man, 
you know what, when my staffing calls in sick, I wish I had another building to pull someone. I wish I could hire a floater. Uh, and then I'm like, why can't I just do that? Why can't I build a house next door to this, right? Why can't I build my own neighborhood and just start from scratch and make a whole little uh, pocket neighborhood of these mansions? And so that's what we're doing. And that's what I would say. If you if you wanted to take this, this ratio and say, okay, 16, you, you've got me. I think that's a great way to go. But I want to do bigger than 16, right? So do 32, do 64. Just do them in sets of 16. That's what I would say. So I think that the most important decision you can make when you are vetting a deal is not necessarily the price of the land. It's not necessarily what's my um, price per bed. All of these things are important, but what is the most important is how many beds can I have, right? Because too small is bad, too big is also bad. And when you start looking at these smaller details, these smaller numbers of, of uh, you know, potentially what's my food cost, am I paying you know, um, $16 an hour, $18 an hour, right? What's my overtime rate? Some of these numbers are so small compared to doubling or tripling your income. That is really where your profit comes in. It's not in squeezing the, the 6% out of these expenses. It's by increasing your income 2X or 3X. That's where the huge margin comes in. So if I can have any takeaway for you, if you're thinking about doing this, it's don't do something too small don't do something too big, right? Those are too hard to sell and small is too unprofitable or I don't know if that's a word, but do the right size deal. And for me, that's 16. So I really hope that this helps you kind of gather up why I believe that this is the best and uh, go back and check the zoning podcast that I did because you can do 16s anywhere and I share how to go about that and how to talk to the city and how to do this. So I hope this has helped for you. Keep following along on our journey and we will teach you everything you need to know about building your own assisted living mansion.